2: Coach Joyce here. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for all you folks, for Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, for Rabbi Eric Greenberg. We want this to be the best year ever for all our friends, family, and loyal listeners worldwide. Joyce, Barry, and friends, the number one radio show. You might be wondering why this is so memorable quotes, life lessons, and so much more. The Coach's Corner will make you soar. All outstanding guests that we love to feature, you will find this show to be the best teacher. Great authors like Tetsuya and Bernie Siegel, awesome leaders that soar like an ego. Beverly Nadler with Here's to Your Health, Home Business Opportunities to Increase Your Wealth. Kurt's impersonation and improvisation add to the show's transformation, broadcasting live across America and around the globe with timely topics and issues to probe. The chat room is always fun. We see your comments and appreciate each one. Once you change your life, change your approach. And hire me, Joyce Barry, to be your life coach. And I welcome that opportunity. Today, folks, as we celebrate the holidays, we are honored and blessed to have Rabbi Joseph Potasnik and Rabbi Eric Greenberg celebrate the holidays with us. Both rabbis are very wise, wonderful, and witty. They have much to contribute to you, regardless of your faith. Listen in, lighten up, and learn from these masters of motivation and inspiration. And, folks, you don't have to be Jewish. So first let me welcome to the show Rabbi Joseph Patachnik, Executive Vice President of the New York Board of Rabbis and one of my favorite, favorite guests of all time. Welcome, Rabbi.
3: Well, thank you so much. When it said Joyce, Barry, and friends in the plural, I guess that refers to Eric and me. Uh, when we're not on, it's just <laughs> Joyce Barry, so I get it. Yes. Right, so, so where would you to like impressed. to start? Joyce, it's very easy to be negative. I've, uh, I told someone recently, they don't put statues in public squares for critics. Anybody can be a critic, but to be an author, uh, to write something that's positive, something that's constructive, that's challenging, especially during these times. So what I'd like to begin with is to tell you that the relationship between the Jewish and Christian community in America is, I believe, at its very best. And I say that for a host of reasons. Recently in Brooklyn, uh, there were statues of a Catholic church that were smashed. I want you to know that members of the Jewish community, the Christian community, and the Muslim community stood together and said, this is our responsibility, and we contribute as the Board of Rabbis, as Muslims did, as other groups did, and said to the Catholics, let us rebuild for you. Pittsburgh was a horrific moment in the history of the Jewish people, but the response to Pittsburgh was a historic moment uh, for all people, because when you walked into synagogues the following Shabbat, you saw many members of different faith constituencies standing together and said, we are with you. It's our responsibility to confront the challenges of hatred. I was just with the District Attorney of Brooklyn, Eric Gonzalez, who established a hate uh, crimes bureau, not a task force, as many have, but a bureau. Now, I know it's shameful that we have to have a bureau, but what Eric Gonzalez has said is that we, of all communities, are going to work together to look at this problem because this is not just a Jewish problem. This is a problem for all of us. And, you know, we've often said it starts with Jews, but it doesn't stop with Jews. So I do want to say that in spite of the pain of the the present, there is a, a lot of, I think, hopeful moments in that we all realize that we cannot combat the challenge alone We have to cooperate, we have to communicate, and we're doing that. The vice president of Maimonides Hospital, Doug Jablon, said to me that not long ago, a call was made by the the hospital to the community uh, for blood donations. And members of the Muslim community said that we are here to give blood to this needy patient. Now, the patient happened to be an Orthodox Jew, uh, but that didn't matter to this giving group. They didn't ask what's the race, religion. What, uh, what they want to know is, how can we help? And I think if we look at life in that fashion, if we look through that optimistic lens, we can be a little more hopeful. So that doesn't mean we remove the negativity. That doesn't mean that we don't address it. But the question is how best to address it. And I think when we see the best of people, we can look at uh, the worst of our problems and find how are we going to solve them.
2: Amen. Um, Amen. How are we going to solve them? That question seems so much bigger than all of us. It's just so overwhelming, everything that's going on. I can't even imagine how anyone could take that question on with everything going on.
3: Yeah, look, but I I think solutions are found in relationships. Uh, I know Eric for a number of years, and uh, we've turned to each other. We've spoken about various issues. We both recognize that uh, we need to enlarge that circle. We need to find more people to stand with us. And we've done that. I I was with the uh, members of the LDS, the Latter-day Saints, the Mormon community last week. Eric was there. And I can tell you that there's a community with which we shared some some major uh, disagreements. But we found a way to work together to solve those disagreements and to emerge stronger. And today the Mormon community are strong supporters of Israel, Uh, They seek to strengthen relations with the Jewish world. Uh, We have friends. So, you know, uh, if you only look at pages 1 through 3 of most newspapers, you're going to feel depressed. But maybe if you begin on page 4 or 5, you'll find some stories there that need to get prioritized attention that show us uh, to be better than who we are on pages 1 through 3. So I, I, I think... Religious tradition, Jewish tradition, always says that we have to find the light in the midst of darkness. That's what Hanukkah is all about. Look, the, the, the Maccabees could have easily walked away from that horrific scene, the destruction of a sanctuary, and said, what good is it all? Why should we even bother? But they searched diligently. They found oil. They lit the candles, you know, and they brought new light uh, to that area. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Find light wherever we can in the midst of darkness. Uh, be beacons of hope and I think we in the faith communities try to do that look what's going to happen tonight you know there are many Christians who will be celebrating Christmas and there'll be Jewish volunteers in so many places who have said we will represent you tonight so if you go to some of the hospitals where there are volunteers there are Jewish volunteers because they said this is your evening to their Christian brothers and sisters this is your night this is our responsibility to be there for you and when it comes to Rosh Hashanah and Christians say to us, we're there for you. So um, I was just talking to a funeral director. Before I got on the phone with you, I was talking to a funeral director who's Jewish. Uh, her co-workers are not Jewish. She said to them, look, I'm coming in today. I'm working a double shift because you are not to be here. You go to church. You spend time with your family. Uh, I will represent you. That's what's being done in many places. Those stories don't get pages one through three in newspapers. Those stories deserve... Our attention, yes,
2: but problem is we 're not hearing enough of stories like that we're not hearing enough about the secret santas uh people that like Tyler Perry paid off thousands of dollars on hold hold away items at uh, Walmart. Uh, right. There's just so many things like that that are happening that get barely a smack of attention. And we're bombarded day after day, minute after minute, with breaking news, and it's all negative.
3: So, Rabbi, what do we do about that? I was in a firehouse uh, this week, and the boxes are overloaded with toys, new toys. Uh, people are saying, make sure these get to you know, the homeless shelters, the places where they're needed. Um, We can't eradicate all of the difficulties of the world, but we can try to diminish them. Just because you can't cure doesn't mean you you don't care. Uh, So I think it's our responsibility uh, to take our darkened area and bring some light. I think I once told you that uh, there's a community in America where the town hall has no electricity. You have to bring a lantern. Everybody comes with a lantern. And if you don't have people bringing lanterns, you have some darkened areas. Our job as we are the religious lamplighters, we have to bring light wherever we go uh, because otherwise there's going to be uh, an overwhelming amount of darkness that consumes us. So look around, look at people you care about, and I think you're going to find there are some uh, very, very positive, positive stories uh, that can inspire you uh, for the new year, new calendar year.
2: So, Rabbi, I think these stories is great, especially I love the interfaith ones. Uh, you were the one who introduced me to Father Brian McQueenie, who is our special guest tomorrow on Christmas Day. Uh, he honors us every year. Uh, are you still going to the Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve with him?
3: Yeah, every year, Eric Greenberg, Rabbi Greenberg, always asks me what time it begins.
1: Uh, and coincidentally, <laughs> the Midnight Mass begins at midnight. <laughs> Uh, but it's a, it is a
3: it is a moment. I'll never forget years ago, Cardinal O'Connor. Uh, I, I used to attend the Midnight Mass with uh, former Mayor Ed Koch. Connor would come out, oh, about 20 minutes before the Mass, come around the side, come over to us and say, I think we have a minion here tonight. I think we have 10 Jews. We can start the Mass. Now, uh, O'Connor would then get up. And I remember one of his great moments uh, at St. Patrick's Cathedral was when he turned to the audience and said, you know, I never seek for Jews to become Catholics. I don't seek for Catholics to become Jews. What I want for Jews to be better Jews, Catholics to be better Catholics. The definition I think of a good Jew is one who becomes or seeks to become a better Jew. So uh, here you are. You have Brian McQueenie, a father, on the busiest, one of the busiest days of his calendar, devoting time to come on your program and talk about what Christmas means to him. You're of the Jewish faith, Joyce. He obviously is Catholic, and yet he doesn't take the position, I have more important things to do. No, he says, I have a lot of important things to do, but I'm going to dedicate at least an hour to spend time with my Jewish friend tomorrow and be able to talk about a holiday that has meaning for me only in America. Mm -hmm. That's a great moment. That's something that should not be minimized. Uh, And there are a lot of great moments, but you you have to search them.
2: I'm so grateful that he does that, and he's a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, he has never turned me down, and he's always so efficient in having it all come together and work. Um, and he's told me that he goes to religious Jewish services with you.
3: He does, and uh, Rabbi Greenberg can attest to the fact that whenever you have a gathering of Jews at some program, there's Father Brian McQueeny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to tell you, uh, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, there was a horrific storm in New York. Uh, traffic was paralyzed. And I'm walking down the street, and on 2nd Avenue, I see Father McQueeny, And it's it's pouring out. And he's trying to hail a cab. And there were no cabs to be found. And he doesn't have an umbrella. Now, my mother would have, you know, <laughs> would have criticized him severely for not having an umbrella. Uh, but I had one, so I said, father, I tell you what, we're going to share this umbrella. I live not far from here. I'm giving you the umbrella to take home, but there are two conditions attached to this. One, I'm going to stand with you until a bus comes because you couldn't get a cab. Two, you're going to call me when you get home. So I know you get home safely. Well, let me tell you, it took a while for that bus to come because traffic was moving very slowly. And secondly, he didn't get home till two hours later. Wow. And I was, I was really frantic. I said, oh my god! I hope nothing happened. I'm waiting for his call. And then finally he called, and he said, "The bus moves so slowly that you know." But I, I promised you I would call, and here I am. Now that relationship he has with us, to me, is very, very heartening. It's yeah. very re- reassuring. Uh, we care about each other, uh, whether it's a rainstorm or whether it's a, you know a storm of hatred. No matter where, we're there for each other. So, again, you have a choice. You can walk away and feel very uh, disheartened by what you see or you can feel uplifted by what you see. Uh, I'm not ignoring one side, but I want to make sure I see both. And it's the positive side that diminishes the pain uh, of the negative. And by the way, there is so much negativism out there, and rightfully so. I mean, when you see what goes on in Washington, when you see the divide, when you see people who just belittle others who who they disagree, when you see the lack of respect and Uh, And I think that's where it begins. There's just no respect uh, for difference anymore. Uh, That's a shameful situation. But I I, I may not be able to change people in Washington, but I know I can try to change the area in which I live by trying to have a positive influence on others and they on me. So uh, let's not retreat to our enclaves and not come out. Let's say, you know what, we're going to remain committed to the cause. We're going to try to make a difference in life and and hopefully – People will follow us, and we'll follow them, and we'll be the majority. Because I think the majority of people are good and caring and compassionate. I see the response to various appeals that we make throughout the year. We're, we're a good people, but when we're silent or when we're passive, then we allow others to take over. I think one of the things elections have, turn, have taught us is everybody has to vote. Everybody has to vote. You want change? You're not happy with the status quo? Well, don't just complain about it. Go to the ballot box. Uh, In the last election, the the turnout was tremendous because people said, I am going to voice my concern, and uh, there were lines. I remember going to voice, I've never seen such lines. But all of a sudden, people were, you know, uh, uh, reawakened. Uh, They said, we don't don't want to see a continuation of what's going on. And there were changes that were made. So there's hope for the future, but you have to be an instrument of, of that hope.
2: Well, uh, we got to keep the hope. We got to keep faith to keep on going forward. I just heard a great acronym for faith: forward all issues to heaven, favor all, all things to heaven. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> and well, Rabbi, you know what?
4: The, we got to look go up forward.
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, that's what religion religion says. When you go to a synagogue, when you go to a church, when you go to a mosque. You look heavenward. Uh, you, know, you, know, it, you want to s- simply look back or look down uh, where you're going to go. But if you look heavenward, then you're going to be inspired to move forward. Uh, so, I, I, again, I, I hope uh, that all of us will find those areas of optimism so that, so that we can, uh, you know, find more meaning in the future. Uh, you know, you look at, look at the celebration for the new year, the calendar year 2019. You know, the ball comes down from Times Square and people cheering. Why? Why do they do that? Why do they all come together? It's not just for the drinking, because people, I think, are prisoners of hope. People want to uh, say that this year is going to be better than the one uh, in the past. You know, you always say, may this be your best year. You say that every year, because you always hope the new year will be even better than the previous one. And I I think there is this need uh, to be optimistic, and we realize that we only accomplish things when we are optimistic. Pessimists don't get too far.
2: Um, I want to ask you as a rabbi, do you find this year – more trying than most, given people are not just dealing with personal issues, they're dealing with national issues, international issues. Do you find yourself particularly bombarded for people that seek your counsel?
3: I find there is this air of, I don't know if it's despair, but people are down.
4: Anxiety?
3: Yeah, anxiety. uh, People are feeling probably less, less hopeful right now. Uh, they're, 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 they're seeing the pain of the present. Look, again, there's so much uh, divisiveness, dangerous divisiveness. One group doesn't talk to the other. Uh, look, at we have a shutdown. We have a shutdown in Washington, shameful shutdown. But look at all the other shutdowns. We, we shut down the other person. Uh, you know, you go on college campuses today, you don't like what's being said, shut it down. Prevent the person from speaking. Uh, Some students are pro-Israel. Shut them down. So the shutdown has become, you know, uh, part of uh, human behavior where we simply uh, do not permit people with different points of view to express themselves. I think that's happening more. Uh, So I think, Joyce, Joyce, you're right. I think there's much more gloom in the air uh, than before. Now the question is how do we address it?
2: Gloom gloom and yeah. doom,
3: yeah. breaking yeah.
2: news every 30 seconds all bad. Um, so I, I really like that faith, poet, all all issues to heaven. But as I asked you, Rabbi, do you find yourself more bombarded this year than prior years? I would think yes.
3: I think so. I, 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 you know, I don't have metrics uh, on that, but I do feel that people are... There, more, there's more negativism uh, in the air. As, as Eric said, there's more anxiety. I, I think people feel that, you know, uh, it's becoming tougher uh, to make it. It's becoming tougher uh, to uh, to smile, just to just to be hopeful. It is it is difficult when you're mired in all of these negative, uh, you know, uh, reports. Uh, it, it's very hard to stay positive, but that's what religious people do that's I asked you that given.
2: question about you and your counsel because I have heard from psychiatrists they're overwhelmed with with people they can barely keep up with appointments so there's several industries they've never seen anything like what's going on and when you talk about divisiveness what's really said is divisiveness even within our own family and best friends so it isn't just oh you know people and with people, you know, over there on the other side. No, it's our own family, our own friends. I find that I can't even, it's really hard for me to even talk to these people.
3: Well, you're cautioned by uh, therapists that when you get together for the holidays, don't talk about politics. Now, I remember years ago when I was growing up, politics was part of the the experience. We could talk, we could uh, have different points of view. We didn't break relationships because we differed with one another. Uh, that's the test of relationship. How strong is a relationship? Well, it's predicated on the fact that you can say whatever you want to say, you can be who you want to be, uh, and still love the other person. You know, the word for love and the word for responsibility are very similar in Hebrew. And love comes with responsibilities. You don't walk away from someone because that person takes on a different uh, you know, position than you do. You have a responsibility to stay connected. That's what love is all about. That's what unconditional love is all about. It's not conditioned on agreement. Very easy. You know, I have friends of mine. We, we go out to eat. Uh, they they always like to order. Well, you got to have this. You got to have that. I said, I don't want that. I <laughs> want to order what I want to order. You know, there are people who like to order for you, and there are people who want right. to tell you what you should feel, right? Uh, what you should think. Uh, that's that's not a healthy situation. But uh, you're right. We're much more fragmented. Uh, and, I, and I have to say this. The Jewish people, we also have, you know, let's, let's be very candid. Uh, we have some serious problems. Uh, we have, uh, you know, denominations. Uh, with this, our strength is found in denominations. But We also have those of different denominations who don't uh, spend time talking uh, to one another, who are very comfortable uh, being uh, isolationists. You know, they they want to just stay within their own community and not converse with others. That's not a healthy position, especially when you're one-tenth of one percent of the world's population. Uh, You can't write off people. Uh, We need as many people uh, as possible. So, uh, Joyce, I'm going to continue to be uh, the optimist. You know, what do they say? The pessimist carries around that card that says, uh, I'm a pessimist. If anything happens to me, if anything negative happens to me, I'm not surprised. You know, there's just no no reason to be hopeful. I mean, if you you wake up in the morning and you're despondent, so what's your inspiration to go through the day? You might as well just stay in bed and say, what's the sense of it all? And if you have kids and you can't convey to them some hope for the future, what's the sense of it all? Uh, I had a phone call early this morning from a group that's put together educational programming for those in prison, Mm. an educational program where you can get an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, even if you're in prison, because today so much is done online. Now, what does that say? That says, you know what, we're not giving up on you. You went to prison, you committed a wrong, uh, you're paying a price, but that doesn't mean that the price is forever. You're going to come out one day, and we want you to come out and rebuild your life. Now, you can't do that unless you have some educational credentials. So, and by the way, these are two religious women, uh, one from Brooklyn, one from Muncie, two religious women who who have drafted an educational program suitable for Jews and non-Jews, for the general public, those in prison. So, again, now, remember, if you're facing a a sentence in prison, that's not something that's going to bring you a lot of uh, uh, positive spirit, But if you say, you know what, as long as while I'm here, I'm going to do something about it, I'm going to try to make it better when I get out, then you have something to look forward to. Well, I think we have to use the same kind of thinking uh, as we're, you know, we're prisoners, again, prisoners of hope. I think that's the message this year. We're in prison, all of the negative, the doom and gloom, as you said, but one day we're going to, you know, emerge uh, from this. You know, there's a famous Hebrew expression Gamza Yavor, this too shall pass. When you're riding high, this too shall pass. There's going to be a time you're not going to ride so high. You're going to be down low. When you're low, there's going to be a time you're going to ride high again. Life is cyclical, and uh, you try to go from one moment uh, of angst to one moment of aspiration. So uh, I, I think we live with both, the positive and the negative, and hopefully the positive outweighs the negative.
2: You know what's different though in this particular year we've had disagreements. You're on one party, Republican, I'm um, or a Democrat, or I don't like this policy that. But it's everything. It's just so overwhelming that the divisiveness is stronger than ever. It's more than an opinion uh, that your party won. I didn't win. Every single thing is so obviously wrong that I can't relate to people who thinks what's going on. On makes any sense whatsoever. Children we taken from their mothers at the border, how do you look at those pictures and not have a broken heart? How do you look at a government shutdown and not have a, right before the holidays, right during the holidays, everything that's going on makes zero sense, except to feed one person's ego and have one person get their own way no matter what at, at any cost.
3: Well, you would expect a president of a country to use this moment to bring people together. You would expect a president of a country to uh, have people aspire to doing better after any calamity, after any crisis. We say the president has a bully pulpit. Well, use it. Use it for, for positive reasons. Don't use it to just berate people all the time. Don't use it to separate people all the time. But unfortunately... We live in a climate where separation seems to work. You have a base. You appeal to your base. Who cares what everybody else has to say? They're not part of your base. And you strengthen from within by being nasty without. Uh, this is the mentality that some people have. So, uh, you know, how do we counter that? We're not going to change the president. It's not going to happen. This is this is who the president is. But we have the ability to do whatever we can to counter it by, by trying to... Uh, uh, form coalitions, form groups that stand together and say We will not accept this behavior uh, and voting is, is you know part of the that 's the strength we have uh, community building that 's the strength we have so uh, I think looking ahead this is this is not a permanent condition. this is a temporary condition that is painful, but it 's a temporary condition that'll come to an end, and then hopefully we'll build a better world.
2: Hopefully, hopefully, we'll build a better world. And that starts with having people around like you, Rabbi, always inspiring, motivational. And we really appreciate your taking the time to be with us today. Uh, So on that note, as we bring on Rabbi Eric, uh, I just want to know, since you introduced me to Rabbi Eric, what do you want to say about him? You know him so well. What would you like to share? Well,
3: what I know about him so well, maybe I shouldn't say. Uh, actually, he's uh, he's, to the, uh, he's a specialty to He's especially with me. Eric Greenberg is the kind of rabbi you can bring to any audience, any place, and he will find a uh, a way to engage you in conversation. I've seen him interact with people of all different backgrounds and beliefs, and he has, you know, the the unique ability of making every person feel that he or she matters, that he or she is part of the human family. He enlarges that circle. I I told you that Mother Teresa said years ago, we draw circles that are too small. We only include those who who are the same as us. Eric Greenberg can draw a circle and put in that circle people who are different from one another and still make them feel that they belong to each other. Uh, That's what this holiday is all about. We say it's a mitzvah to bring light into the world. Well, Hanukkah... Christmas, Kwanzaa, any of the festivals usually have light in them. We begin with light. We celebrate with light. Eric Greenberg is a source of light and love wherever he goes, and we're very fortunate to have him. So let me wish you a, you. a happy holiday period. Let it be meaningful for you, the family, and uh, hopefully we'll find more uh, more ways of uh, bringing people into that circle of love and loyalty to each other.
2: Rabbi, thank you so much for giving us your time, your passion, your energy, your goodwill. We really love you. Our only complaint, Rabbi, is that you're not on with us more often. So that'll be my first New Year's resolution to make sure you're with us much more often for much more time.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, you know, (laughs) Joyce, families have found sometimes the less, The less time they spend together, the more they like each other. (laughs) The more time they spend together, the relationship begins to become frayed. So don't be (laughs) careful what you wish for.
4: All right, I'll talk to you. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you, Joe. Bye-bye. Be well. (laughs)
2: Thank, thanks Rabbi Joe And right before I ring in the wonderful The extraordinary Rabbi I just want to share why you folks Should listen to this show every day Not just when we have our two favorite Rabbis So here in the words of Author and friend Beverly Nadler Is why you should be listening And we mean Every day
0: Listen to me I have something to say About a wonderful way To start your day and let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show.
2: And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with
0: us in having that happen.
2: Simply go to JoyceBarryandFriends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and Friends.com. And right under my picture on the upper left of the home page, it says follow. Simply by clicking on that, you'll know that every show, every guest, every topic, when you cannot join us when we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can hear any show, anytime, 24-7. You can download them. You can email them to your friends and family and share their positive, upbeat shows, informational, educational, inspirational shows. So do become a follower. While you're at it, you can Follow yours truly, Joyce Barry, on Facebook and Twitter. All the shows are posted in those venues as well, Facebook, Twitter, every show, every time. So do become a part of the Joyce Barry and Friends family. Do become one of the friends. Okay, we have Rabbi Eric Greenberg, a leading interfaith expert, communication and program director, an international award-winning reporter, and that's okay. only ten seconds of honors and awards. I could spend two hours just on telling you his resume and all the good he's been up to. Welcome to the show, Rabbi Eric.
4: Thank you, Joyce. You can continue if you have two hours. Continue reading from there. <laughs> I just
2: have one question, and then you could take it wherever you want to. Sure. But the, the fact that you are an award-winning reporter, I can only imagine how hard it is to be a reporter in today's world. First of all, breaking news every 30 seconds. Secondly, being accused about fake news, more so the TV stations, but oftentimes the press as well. Do you, do you miss the good old days?
4: Well, those days are gone and and it's really um it, it's it's very um profound what Rabbi Joe said earlier. You and you and he were talking about regarding the news, this and especially you you're saying breaking news. Um, it it's overwhelming. Uh for all the shows, underneath, you know, the Chiron, the, the uh as as the the moderators are talking, you read underneath and every other second there's breaking news this and breaking news that we didn't used to call it, you know, breaking news was reserved for uh, a plane goes down somewhere. You know, I, yes. I mean, this is the 30th anniversary yes. of the Lockerbie uh, plane tragedy, which I actually covered. Um, so it reminded me a couple of days ago as, as people were commemorating, I think it was actually uh, yesterday, um, people were commemorating the 30th anniversary um, of, of the plane that, that uh, a terrorist bomb went off uh, from the yes. plane headed for New York and um many of the victims were were students college students from Syracuse University um so i was working for a newspaper uh and the idea was to to try to find out as much information as possible that's breaking news you know um something that happened somebody a tweet is not breaking news um you know and and we we're overwhelmed by it and and you and you and rabbi joe were were so right uh, it's such a negative experience uh, every time you look at, at, a, uh, at, your, at your smartphone, um, and those stories that are uplifting uh, because of the state of newspapers and the media today, newspapers are, are, are dying, um, and, if they're, and those that are surviving have fewer pages to devote to those kinds of stories that are uplifting. And we, we get less of that. And those are the kinds of stories, the, 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 the wonderful uh, somebody going out of their way to help another person, as, as Rabbi Joe said, uh, uh, the Muslim community in Brooklyn. I actually i am I'm friendly with the, the, uh, also with the, um, the same person he mentioned at uh, Maimonides Hospital in Brooklyn, uh, Doug Jablon, who um, uh, actually helped my father out several years ago. And Doug saying that the Muslim community stood up to donate blood to uh, turns out to be an orthodox uh, you know uh, patient um, that 's an inspiring story and we we need to we need to find a way to get that out there because those are uplifting and they're models for way, the way examples of how we should be dealing with each other uh, and there 's lots of those stories, and we just don 't get to hear about it so uh, the state of the state of journalism today uh, is, as necessary as it is um, uh, we need more. Uh, we need to find a way to get those those other stories out, and I suspect that community newspapers are a way to do that. That's that's a, a uh, the local community newspaper um, is a way to get those kind of stories out, uh, and people should support their local community paper because uh, first of all, that's the only way they're going to get news about their their neighborhood, and secondly, there are those inspiring stories that that are contained there um on the other question that you ask about fake news this is just is just a a, a, a mean spirited nightmare there are reporters more reporters today being killed trying to bring the public yes yeah. yeah and people who uh and, and just this past year uh at least seven um uh i think it was seven uh, journalists and one um one ad person from uh, a newspaper uh, in Baltimore were, were killed when a gunman came into the newsroom and mowed them down. And yeah. it's just horrific. And and having the, the head of the United States um, um, continually calling uh, the press uh, the enemy of the people is just um, the founding fathers are, are turning over in their graves. Uh, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson both said they'd rather have a free press than, than, a, than, a, than a government. That it's more important to have the free press, and uh, again, uh, these people, uh, having been one of them, I, it's not a great-paying job, and there's a sense of mission and dedication and public service that are involved with most, um, you know, most journalists that I've ever worked with, and uh, they put their lives on the line. I, I've actually had to do that a couple of times. Uh, just you, you don't care about. You run into, you know, you run to the scene while people are fleeing. You know a, a a disaster. The journalists run towards the disaster to be able to cover it, to bring the news, to understand what's happening to the public. We're not, they're not making millions of dollars doing it. They're doing it because they, they love what they do, and it's a sense of public service and mission. And to call those people enemies of the people is just uh, horrendous and, and outrageous. So I never had to deal with that. There was this is this is a new phenomenon that that we need to uh, somehow put back in the bottle. Uh, if it, you know it, now that it's out and it's wrong and it's hateful, um, but people should really. Think about how it's because of journalists and brave and courageous journalists around the world that we're even getting to see, hear what's going on in Yemen, how our taxpayer money is being being spent to you know that that leads to the death of, of of and starvation of children in Yemen and the and the horrendous situation in Syria. Um, who's who's bringing us that news? It's reporters. And so, you know, we need we need a whole new conversation in this country to educate people, uh, even in grade school, in elementary school, and high school, um, about uh, civics and about how the the uh, journalism, the fourth estate, is is part of the way uh, our democracy works. And we need to uh, respect it and and help it and and support it uh, by buying newspapers um, by um, supporting the mainstream uh, organization, news organizations that are doing their best to what I say is um, uh, get the best obtainable version of the truth. No one has the full truth, but the best we can do as journalists is is get the best obtainable version, meaning uh, digging for it and, and, and asking the tough questions. And those in Washington who hide from the tough questions or deny or lie Um, It's more about their corruption than about uh, anything wrong with the state of uh, journalism.
2: It's so scary what's going on. I think of all the reporters around the world that are imprisoned for simply reporting the facts. But the one that comes to mind the most is Khashoggi. He was murdered in an embassy. When you think of an embassy anywhere Mm. in the world, you think of freedom and safety. I mean, that news really got to me. I haven't recovered from it. It was so horrific and so disgusting. And, of course, the, the people behind it are, are this administration's, their friends. When Trump said, we'll drain the swamp, he did drain the swamp. They all came out of the gutter and out of the sewer to infiltrate our world today, our planet, to make it a much worse place. So it's The slogan that says make America great again really is make America hate again and like never before. So it isn't just your opinion my opinion, divisiveness, it's, I can't even understand on any level him getting any kind of support except by neo-Nazis, haters, and people that are using the opportunity because they found a friend in the White House and with a party behind him that hasn't had the courage to stand up to him or say anything.
4: Yeah, yeah, uh, and and so, uh, but I want to come back to something that that uh, Rabbi Joe said, and and it's it's about being positive and using some of this space and time to to look at the the positives in the world because we, as you as you say, we we have enough of the negatives. All we have to do is turn on the TV, or or look at your you know, or look at your Twitter account or or Facebook, um, which is another problem, by the way. Um, but you know, I, I want to say that that uh, besides being so wise and caring and, and just probably everyone acknowledges as a rabbi's rabbi is as rabbi, as Joseph Potasnik. He also comes with, with a sense of humility, and I want to share this because he wouldn't say it, um, and I was privileged and, and honored to be there last week. Uh, think about this, the positive, uh, and, and all of us said this, the positive um, experience of being in one of the largest churches in New York City, uh, a Protestant church, Um, where the um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, who formerly known as the Mormons, people know them as that, although that's not the term that they like using. Um, So that's maybe a little education for people out there, not to call them Mormons anymore, but uh, Latter-day Saints, um, uh, members of the Latter-day Saints Church. And they sponsored a banquet at a Protestant church so these are two different denominations two different you know sets of beliefs uh, uh, congregations um inviting to this um to this gathering to this banquet uh imams and sikhs and um, catholics brian mcweeny of course as we before mentioned uh, was there father brian mcweeny from the archdiocese of new york uh, Members of the New York Board of Rabbis on the board, which I am, and several of my colleagues, um, and of course, uh, uh, the the um, one of the leaders of the uh, Church of uh, LDS Church, Latter Day Saints Church, came in, flew in from Salt Lake City with several other officials. And why did they come? They came to honor Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, and he was the guest of honor at this at this banquet that wow. had hundreds of people. Wow. Hundreds of people uh, coming into this church. Think about that, and everyone—people um, who knew each other already. I had been out to Salt Lake City several times on missions to uh, to meet with the uh, the leadership of the Latter Day Saints Church to uh, start uh, building positive relationships with, with between the Jewish community and and their and their community, and that was years ago. Um, so, I knew some of these, these folks that had flown in from Salt Lake City. And so, this was for me meeting with old friends. Um, and, but for other people, it was new, a new acquaintance, a new relationship. And the spirit of positiveness and the spirit of, of collegiality and, and, and wanting to uh, get to know someone from a, a different faith uh, was just light in the room talking about bringing light into the darkness. And this for several hours. Uh, Rabbi Potasnik was was praised and lauded from this, you know, on stage uh, by uh, a group of uh, officials for the work that he's doing um you know and, and it was just uh, this doesn't get into the newspaper i actually would uh, told uh, talked to to joe afterwards and said so we need to somehow get this you know um get this uh, word out that this is this is happening people need to know this is happening i actually wrote a little something about it on you know on a linkedin uh, on facebook or something but that's not getting it out that much um uh... It, it needs to be out there that it's happening here in new york and it's happening in all across the country that people are uh, women uh, muslim women and jewish women for instance are uh, meeting to discuss uh, life cycle issues and what they have in common and what uh food and what the kinds of food that they prepare and 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 the differences and the commonalities and and uh then there are triologues with, with the catholic jewish and and, and Muslim women and men uh, it 's happening all over and we don 't we don 't really get to uh focus on it because we 're too um uh, overwhelmed by you know the negative news, but it's a, it's a struggle. How did they
2: get to Rabbi to make that whole thing in his honor? How did they specifically single him out? How did they find him?
4: Oh well, he, he's, he, well. First of all, it's not hard. It's, <laughs> it's not hard to find Joe Potasnik. He's 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 everywhere. He he meets with the leadership of religious leaders all over the place. And uh, you know, I've been with him. Where uh, it's it's amazing. We we meet with Cardinal Dolan here in New York, the Archdiocese, and and uh, major evangelical leaders. So he he's he's uh, also very well known uh, as as a, as a bridge builder. Um, but specifically here, uh, Joyce, um, he has uh, uh, met with, uh, we, we've had meetings, uh, there's the Interfaith Committee for the New York Board of Rabbis, which, which I sit on, and we've had meetings with, with the local um, uh, Latter-day Saints uh, representatives here in New York. Uh, last year we met with several of the um, elders, they call them, they're the leaders of the, um, of, the, of the Latter-day Saints Church. Uh, They flew in um, to, specifically, they are very interested in in increasing uh, their relationship and and, um, good works with the Jewish community. There's a lot in common between the Latter-day Saints and the Jewish community. We're both uh, very small uh, religions um, in the world. Uh, In America, we're both about uh, 6 million, um, 6-7 million uh, people. So we're about the same size. Uh, they do believe that they're an extension of the of the Jewish faith, so that you know there's we have that in common, a uh, lot of commonalities. Uh, they love Israel. They have a, a, a university in Israel, um, which they've agreed to not missionize anyone in 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 Israel, which is an amazing thing that they've adhered to. Um, so there's a lot of lot of positives, but of course there are also some issues and problems, and as in any relationship. So we, we we're working About on. About how
2: many this. people were at that that was it a dinner
4: was it a It was meeting? a dinner, yeah. It was it was a dinner to, uh, and the honoree was was Joe Potasnik. Um There's. And and the reason why Joe is because he has been one of the leaders in in building uh, this relationship. We had a meeting with some of the uh, the church leaders of, uh, several months ago, and we agreed to to start looking into how we can work together on humanitarian projects. And that's what I've been doing for many years. Also, is finding ways to work with uh, you know multi faith relations is is what I call it, and finding ways to get um uh Christians and Jews and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and Sikhs to to find um projects that we can uh we can stand together shoulder to shoulder and work to help people in need. So for instance one of the things uh you know I was involved in was for Syrian refugees these 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 battered uh you know victims of this crazy war and, and assault and genocide on on on, on innocent Syrian women, uh, uh, children, uh, men. Uh, that's been going on now for uh, 2011, so it's almost seven years. Millions of displaced people, uh, you know, uh, around the world. Either they're stuck in, in displaced within Syria, or millions who had fled Syria. They don't have anything. They need they need um, uh, basic emergency supplies. And I put together a couple of years ago, a uh, having all these religious uh, uh, members uh, build emergency kits uh, uh, for them that that we would contain things that they can't get, like a comb, like a like a, a tooth, a, tooth uh, um, a toothbrush, a nail clipper um, for women, a uh, rechargeable flashlight, because the assaults on women and children are are. Uh, um, huge and underreported, and and at least this is this is a way for something to protect themselves in the dark. Um, uh, sanitary, uh, you know, women sanitary napkins uh, because they don't have that if you're a refugee fleeing in the desert, uh, you know, for your life. So and these are just the basic necessities. Basic necessities of life that we put together with, with um, uh, we built 15,000 kits, and, and the organization continues to do so today, and we send them over and get them to the refugees, and I had 1,000 people sign up um, from from all the religions, and they loved it. At the end of the day, they said to me, Wow. Um, Eric, uh, when's the next one? I love this. I love standing next to, um, I'm, a, I'm a Hindu, and I'm standing next to a, uh, a Sikh or, or, or a Catholic, when we're talking about like what we have in common and what neighborhood you're from, and we get to know each other, and so so there's these kind of activities that that um, really is God's work, and I think if if you step back, that this is exactly what God has in mind um, for how we should be behaving here. And uh, Joe Potasic is one of the great leaders of this, and so about uh, how many
2: people were at that dinner? I'm just curious. At the dinner,
4: at the dinner, yeah. uh, I, I actually asked that question. I believe there were about four four. 4 or 500 people.
2: For oh my god, so it was
0: huge. So huge and it yeah, did not get any
4: play in the news? Yeah, that's I mean, you know, that and that's and that's that comes back to our point. Our point is that here's this positive thing that's happening. And, um, you know, it's, it's completely overwhelmed, and I understand it. It's completely overwhelmed by, you know, the existential threat to the United States of America. Uh, a nice little dinner where, where a rabbi is being honored by, you know, by, by uh, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints is not going to necessarily make it into the paper when the, the very uh, national security of America is at stake. So I get that. But on the other hand, there's got to be a way to get that story in somewhere. Um, yeah,
2: that's why I asked the number of people. I'm thinking you're going to say 25 people honored No, him. no, no. There were
4: 400 and people that, there,
2: yeah. That's why I asked. And you yeah. referenced it on your Facebook, uh, Rabbi Eric. What is your
4: Facebook? How could we find you on Facebook? Well, actually, you know, I, I, put it, I put the story on my LinkedIn page. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know, however that works. I'm, I'm not... Uh, um, uh, actually you know what I could do I could send it to you and your listeners can 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 if you want to post it on on your website that's a good idea Yeah way I to
2: do it. but I want to know how when I go to Facebook how do I find you You said it
4: was there as well Well I think did I say Facebook or Twitter I You know let me let me double check I'm going to send it to you You said
2: Facebook
4: Yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah, I'll send Check it to that.
2: You. If you want to send anything to me, you could send it to Joyce Barry at AOL dot com. That's you got fine. Then you, got it. you, you can
4: reference cont
2: you reference contributions. What is the link for people that want to get involved with that and make a contribution?
4: Well, for for this for this particular um uh, endeavor of building, you know, the emergency emergency um, uh, packets uh, the, it's the Multi Faith Alliance for Syrian Refugees And that's the name of the organization You could look them up and uh, you could say uh, Whoever's listening and wants to do that Say, I sent you And uh, you'd like to know more about it and, and help out because they're constantly... I, The
2: fact that it's all necessities I think that is awesome and yeah. really important I'd love to see them get to the level of It's also what they love and what they enjoy they, This is
4: survival this yeah, is this mere is it survival. A survival. It does start a survival, um, and and so you know there's there's there's, there's that, um, but the, but these are again these are these positive stories that that come out. And here we are this time of year, and you know tonight is um, I'll I, I never forget every year at this time it's uh, Christmas Eve, and my mother, uh, uh, shalom, who uh, passed several years back. Uh, would tell me when I was a kid. She said what she loved doing. You know, she's the, the, the daughter of Holocaust survivors, and growing up in Brooklyn, New York. I know you know something about Brooklyn, and <laughs> she yes yes and she um I never really placed it. You, you when you get older, you're able to put things into context. So during while the World War Two is going on. And while the Holocaust, which we really didn't know much about back then, right, um, in the 40s and, and 50s, uh, early 50s, um, uh, she was going to midnight mass. She loved it. She had she had Christian friends. She had Catholic friends in Brooklyn, and she just liked the whole vibe of going and the singing and all that. Uh, she was, you know, a dedicated Jew. Her my my grandfather, her father, was was a Kohane, was a you know from the priestly family. And you know went to went to services went to synagogue, but on Christmas Eve she just liked going with her friends, and 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 putting that that's where I I, I got you know this this uh, this bringing up of that we're all together in the community and we can share things. That doesn't mean as as Joe says, uh, you know, uh, uh, to be a better Jew and to be a better Christian. Uh, I think he quoted that from Cardinal O'Connor before. But no one's out to convert anyone, but you can share in the joy of the other person's, um, you know, uh, holiday. I
2: wholeheartedly agree and I often tell the story of I always wanted to go to one Christmas Eve Mass. I, I had a lot of friends that did that. My problem was that I'm not a night person, so that was really, really difficult for me to be up that late. But I, However, I did it. I went to St. patty 's Cathedral, the most famous mm-hmm. in the world, uh, midnight mass. I get in. I was stunned by the magnificence of it all and the thousands and thousands of people that were there. I take my seat and I said to the person I had met there to go in with, I said I'm probably the only Jew in here. A guy behind me taps me on the shoulder. He says, no lady, I'm Jewish. So I I did get a huge kick out of that. No, lady, yeah. I'm Jewish,
4: yeah. so I'm well, not well, going to let
2: you go till you get talk about Synagogue
4: Connect. Okay, we're, but before that, we're it, going just a little over, about, but
2: that's important.
4: Go ahead. One thing about yeah, well, Synagogue Connect, we're a little early because uh, we're we're planning our next year, so we could do that the next show actually. Um, it's 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 the things are we're we're in the um, off season right now, uh, so to speak. So let's save that for next time. But I do want to share okay, with you. Okay, but about, I know it's
2: your baby. So just for people to just say what it is a global network of sure, synagogues. Sure, yeah, it's a global network
4: of, of, of synagogues of all denominations who are being encouraged to, who have agreed to open their doors to uh, young Jews, uh, 18 to, to, to 26 at the moment. That's who we're starting with. Um, and basically welcoming them in, especially on the holidays, especially on the high holidays right now is our big, is our big project. We're thinking about Passover coming up and, and are, are going to be meeting soon to, to, to figure out how we're going to deal with that. But if you go to synagogueconnect.org, www.synagogueconnect.org. Uh, you know, you'll 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 see what it's all about, and you, if you want to find a synagogue in your neighborhood um, that uh, is a member of our network, and and plug in your the city that you're in, uh, you know, you'll find you'll find something from all denominations. Uh, so so there's that um, regarding. And we'll, yeah, I wanted to give it to come a shout that. out. Yeah. Yeah, Even though come. we
2: got time, because but, as you know, it takes repetition and repetition and repetition until someone finally says, "Hey, I got to check that out." Right. Rabbi, there's, what what message would you like to leave
4: our audience with? Well, there's the message I think is tonight for those who are um, either standing in for their Catholic and Christian um, um, uh, colleagues. Uh, and I used to do this all the time at the newspaper, uh, I, I always volunteered to work Christmas Eve and Christmas, because the news doesn't stop, but people do want to spend time with their families, so I would be there, and a couple of the other Jewish reporters and, and, e- and editors, uh, as Joe said before, to stand in um, you know, for them, so they could be with their families. So, interestingly, if you're, you're thinking about this, tonight is the celebration of the birth of, for Jews, probably the most famous Jew in history, um, who uh, was born a Jew and lived his life as a Jew, as a rabbi, and died as a Jew. All his family were Jews. All the apostles were Jews. Um, something to think about when you're in church, that um, the, the, the relationship between, uh, between us is so strong that here we are, uh, a, a holiday that's a national holiday, uh, but what it what is it about? For for me, it's about the 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 idea that someone's celebrating the you know the birth of this of this uh, of this you know uh, most famous, famous Jew in in history, as I like to say.
2: You can say the name Jesus
4: Christ. Well, that's <laughs> not most... his last name. It's it's Jesus of uh, you know they, they they had no last names. Jesus, son of Joseph, and, and Miriam. By the way, was her original name. Yes. You know that, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: And I would also like you to end with a special prayer for all of us. I always have to have a man of faith. You special prayer for our listeners?
4: Well, I, I think I think this is a, this is a prayer that Jews say three times a day because we're we're um, uh, required to uh, to pray, um, uh, ask to pray three times a day, and this prayer uh, is basically a prayer of peace, and it asks, May the one who creates peace on high bring peace to us, and to all Israel, and to all who dwell on earth. And we say, Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you for that, Rabbi. Thank you so much for being our guest. I really do love having you participate. You're always welcome. I'd like to have you more often as well. Tomorrow Father Brian McWeeny on Christmas Day, uh, joining our celebration of the holidays. And I want to Conclude with my special prayer For all of you May yesterday be the last day The very last day of your Struggles, your suffering, your ill Health, your misfortunes Your problems, your pain Your worries, your troubles Your trials and tribulations May today be the first day It is the first day Of the rest of your life May it be the beginning of the very best Of your life with extraordinary Wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. Folks, go out and make someone happy today. Do a random act of kindness. Pay it forward. Pay it backward. As Voltaire said, I choose to be happy because it is good for my health. And on that note, we ask Ask that you sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us, and you could do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. Thank you. God bless you.
1: I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know.